Welcome to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and it is my mission to keep your creative spark alive, no matter how crazy your life gets. This podcast will teach you how to find the space to light your creative spark and fire up your creative side business. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us on Instagram at Creative Spark Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my free physical space challenge. Head over to creativespark.link forward slash space and learn how to clear out the clutter, create a studio anywhere, and make space in your life for creativity. Let's dive into today's episode. You are listening to episode 15 of the Creative Spark podcast, and today we're going to talk about creative sparks. Specifically, how most creatives dream of making money from their creativity, and some practical ways we can do this. Now, I've spent over 20 years in design education, yes, I'm that old, and I've seen irreversible changes to the industry as a whole, and these changes are mainly due to the introduction of the desktop computer and the internet. The internet has allowed for the outsourcing of design services, in most cases to developing countries, and so the resulting tide of templates and free fonts and cheap solutions undermines the quality of professional design services. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. The internet may have facilitated the devaluing of design and photography and other industries, but it's also the saviour of the creative entrepreneur. The ease with which designers can serve as clients anywhere and payment gateways which allow us to sell anything to anyone, it's never been as convenient as it is today. I think that the way forward for the creative industries as a whole is for us to express creativity through our unique point of view, finding ways of demonstrating innovation authority, vision, and strategy has always value added to creative practice. You might have rockstar layout skills, great taste, software proficiency, and client service to die for, but these will no longer sustain a design business model. Without the addition of a unique viewpoint, the role of the creative will devalue to the point where they can easily be replaced by somebody cheaper. So what is the creative spark driving your business? What is your unique viewpoint? How can you light up your business and use it online? Now what I've done is drafted a list of ways that professional creatives are currently adding value by working with the internet rather than against it. So I've divided them into categories and I'll give you some examples as we go and I'll place all those links in the show notes because there's going to be a lot. So the first area where people are working with the internet rather than against it and using their creative spark to kind of cultivate skills that are not easily reproduced is in areas like custom logo design, illustrative design, and working with tactile and handmade. So designers such as Claire Coulon and Sergei Shapiro, they've built strong online presence and cultivated breathtaking custom logo design skills. And whilst many try to imitate, their logo style is quite unique and recognizable. Designers such as Marion Banchez and Kelly Anderson, they utilize their illustration skills to embellish their graphic design to a point where it's unclear whether we should describe them as design or illustration. So their crossover skills make them very versatile and highly desirable. So designers such as Yulia Brodskaya and Stefan Sagmeister spend many hours making pieces of typography or imagery by hand using tactile materials such as paper or money, even bananas to create the innovative design work. And so the computer is clearly a tool in this process, but not the master. So all of these are examples of skills that are not easily reproduced. It's very difficult to rip off such highly skilled practitioners because they've developed their work to be highly unique and easily identifiable. 
Now, another category of creatives is those who they share their skills with others. So Ellen Lupton and Stephen Heller, for example, have built publishing empires around books they've written. And they share all that they know about design thinking, typography, and and the design design. industry. So writing books is one way that you can share your skills. Uh, Designers such as Paul Jarvis and Carolyn Kelso, they've written and hosted their own courses. And they offer advice to other designers on how to freelance or how to learn hand lettering. So self-hosted courses is another way to share your skills with others. So there are now platforms that will share your courses for you. So Skillshare, for example, designers such as Mary-Kate McDevitt and John Contino, they've taken to sharing their skills on the Skillshare platform and they charge small amounts of money for large numbers of people to take the courses where they learn about lettering and logo design. Content marketing is another category. So you might want to write about what you know or publish a magazine or share your point of view online or get paid to speak or you can even curate resources. Fabio Sasso started his blog Abdezido in 2006 as a way to back up the resources online after his studio was robbed. What a great reason to start a blog. And the blog is filled with inspiration resources and tutorials and it now attracts over 3 million visitors a month. So you can imagine that the advertising on that site is more than supplementing his income and paying for the site itself. Another blogger, David Airy, he's written about logo design and how much he loves logos on Logo Love. Uh, Now he's one of the internet's leading experts on logo design and he's published books on the topic. Janine Bangul publishes Uppercase magazine and shares inspirational design stories in a magazine that's so beautiful. It's got such high production values that really, let's face it, only designers would pay to read that. And in the internet age, you know, that, that beautiful paper and print quality is something that we look for. But she certainly uses the internet to then sell her offline kind of publication. Some creatives are designing and selling products and services online. Scott Belsky built the Behance platform, which is a folio website and app for creatives, and he developed an entire industry around organising creatives. And that was subsequently bought from him by Adobe. So he's done very well out of that, I imagine. Products. So Simon Legno has built an entire industry around his Tokidoki range of illustrated projects. So he actually licenses the characters and ranges to large companies. But he was basically an illustrator who was publishing his work on blogs and got seen by these businesses. You could run conferences. So that's something I do in my business, Typism. We run a yearly conference. And Andrew Johnston left his day job as a designer to run semi-permanent. So he runs those full times. What started as a side project in Australia is now a global design conference series. You might also be of the opinion that if you can't beat them, join them. So some designers sell templates on websites such as Graphic River and Creative Market. And so they facilitate online marketplaces where graphic designers can sell their wares. Not to mention, you know, kind of classic stock photography and there's icon websites as well. So a lot of designers are making money out of selling those templates on those marketplaces. Now, another idea is to just behave like an artist. So David Carson is a legend in the design industry and he was a groundbreaking designer with magazines as they transitioned into the digital age. He challenged our notions of what was legible, shall we say, in the 90s. And he's still pitching his ideas like an artist. So large companies want a piece of his creative genius. And so David's often paid to pitch. You might want to use the internet to crowdsource the content. So in 2000, Jake Nickel and Jacob DeHart devised Threadless. So it's an online community of artists who design t-shirts. Threadless designs are created by artists and they're chosen by the community. And then people can buy from the website, safe in the knowledge that the designs are good quality and approved by popular vote. They've also opened an artist store so you can upload your own designs and they'll print on demand for you as well. 
Now, one of my favourites is crowdfunding, and this is my favourite crowdfunding story. Illustrator Matthew Inman, you might know of his work as The Oatmeal. So he built a loyal following because he was a cartoonist, producing posters and other merchandise in his distinctive comic style. And then he launched a project on Kickstarter. So he and his friends were asking for a measly $10,000 to produce a wacky card game that they thought up. But because Matthew had such a huge following already on social media as The Oatmeal, they went on to break all Kickstarter records and 200,000 plus people handed over $8 million in 30 days because it would appear that Matthew had underestimated how much people would really want a card game about exploding kittens. And so now exploding kittens is, you know, you can you can buy it online and it's a bona fide product, but it certainly got a launch into outer space by crowdfunding. So grab your pen and notebook, find a quiet place away from prying eyes, and write a list of all the ways you could possibly monetize your creativity by using the internet as a way to cultivate your own audience and tap into your niche. I hope this episode has helped persuade you to find some new ways to spark up your creative business ideas. Now, in this episode, I mentioned a lot of links and a lot of people and a lot of resources. So if you head to creativesparkpodcast.com forward slash blog forward slash episode 15, all of those links will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's topic and want to go a little deeper, head over to creativesparkpodcast.com for all the resources mentioned in this episode. Please also head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Remember to subscribe while you're there because it's easy to miss episodes when they pop up every few days. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and I will be back again very soon with another Creative Spark to light up your day.